Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley. And as I always say, I'm so super excited to have my guest on today. She is a dear friend of mine. I've known Whitney for, gosh, Whitney, how long have we known each other now? Maybe... 10, 15 years. Yeah. So so, life ago. (laughs) Right. Right. So welcome. Welcome to my show, Whitney. Yay. I'm so excited to have you here. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Nicole. It's such an honor for me to be able to share my story with so many people and be on your podcast. It's really exciting for me. As I said, oh, well, Malka, you know, I just, this is my 13th episode. I can't even believe I've recorded 13 episodes. It's mind blowing. And I love every minute of it. I had no idea how much this was going to touch my life and connect me with so many people and just, ah, I just love it. So, (laughs) so, um, As I mentioned, Whitney and I have been friends for many years. You know, life happens. You kind of lose touch and go on with your life and have recently reconnected via social media, which I am a big component for social media. I think it does absolutely beautiful things if you stand guard at the door of your social media and follow the right people and be inspired and be in the right group. So... Whitney, you have inspired me unlike no other watching your story on social media. And I am beyond blessed to have you as my guest today to share your story and continue to inspire me. So (laughs) thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. So where do we begin? Where do we begin? And I've said this, I said this to you, you guys listening to our listeners that Whitney was always like, cool and hip before it was cool to be cool and hip. So (laughs) you were healthy before it was trendy and cool to be healthy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was the person doing the backflip off the boat and burning sage and eating vegetables and everyone's like, who are you? Yeah. Right. I experienced my first age cleanse with you. And I was like, what is this girl doing? And I was like, okay, I'm into it. You know, I'm into it. <laughs> so now I do a sage cleanse quite often on my house. So. <laughs> Great, yeah. so tell us a little bit about your story, Whitney, and how, you know, you came to be. Yeah, well, I'll just start with my life prior to my event, my stroke, my life changing event. I went to the University of Florida 
and I got a background in psychology, but I didn't really want to do that. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I took UNF for a few years. I became an EMT and I worked at Shands and I got really excited about physician assistant school. So I worked at Shands for a few years as an emergency medical technician. And then I went to PA school back at University of Florida. So I was in school for like eight years. I was uh, always in school. So grueling. Like it was just, oh gosh. But you did it. I, I did it. And I did it. I was excited to do it. Of course, that's why I did it. And I got the job of my dreams, basically. I worked in the emergency department as a physician assistant for about five and a half years. And life was good. I, I met my husband. We got married in Colorado. We traveled everywhere. I had a daughter. I was just getting started. You know, I was just living life. You, know? you were living life. And you know, and that's what, you know, why I love social media. I got to, even though we didn't speak and see each other regularly, I got to see your life unfold on social media. And it was beautiful. It was always yeah. good to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, we went out to the beach one morning and sunrise, we watched a beautiful sunrise. We had some friends over, I think it was January 21st, 2019. So my gosh, what's that holiday? President's Day, maybe? Martin Luther King? No, President's Day. And anyway, the day before we had some friends over, it was just a normal day. Well, because mind you, you guys, Whitney's, she's being modest now, but she's a, you, you've always been that free spirit, fun loving, um, adventurous traveler. Like you would try it, you know, like you would do it. You were always, you know, just very fit and active and you were living your best life. I was, I was living, you know, when I look back, it's like, was I living my best life? Cause I was just distracted. Like I was going so fast. I got this job. I worked crazy hours. I just had a baby. I just got married. Like I was falling into that, just living fast. Like it's not even falling into anything. A lot of people do it. It's totally normal, but it's like good to have a reality check every now and then and slow down. And that's what I got. So anyway, on this, on this day that seemed so normal, I had the worst headache of my life. It was nothing like I've had before. And as a physician assistant, I mean, whenever anybody says, you know, they've had the worst headache of their life, it's like red flag, alert, alert, you know, but I didn't think that way. I thought, oh, it's probably the flu from work or my daughter's in daycare, probably some virus, maybe in migraine. I've never had a migraine before. Maybe this is what it feels like. So I just didn't take it seriously. And I spent all day in bed unable to do anything. Medicine wasn't working. I mean, it was excruciating. And then I started to get sick. And at that point, it was like 10 p.m. And my husband, I said, I don't feel good. And I was in the bathroom slurring all my words. I didn't know I was slurring my words, but my husband just, I just saw his eyes like get real wide. And he's like, really calm. And he said, let's just go to the hospital. And I think I, I said like, okay, just don't take me to the ER, you know, cause that's where I work. I don't want to go. And so he kind of danced around the whole idea and he's like, well, let's just maybe get some medicine, IV medicine, you know? And at that time I was so sick. 
I couldn't really walk right. I couldn't sign into the ER with my arm. And I wasn't even appropriately concerned. I was in Right, because you're a physician's assistant. Yeah, like you handle- in, just, in just disbelief, I guess, or shock or something. And they did the whole workup really quickly. They didn't make me wait at all. And they got me to the CAT scan because they realized, you know, something wasn't right. And they kept me in there forever. And I'm thinking, God, what do they see? You know, because I know it's so fast. Usually. Yeah. And the doctor came back and she just had this look of horror in her eyes. She didn't even come in the room. She was visibly scared. And she said, you have blood on your brain. We're transferring you to another hospital immediately. And at that point, everybody was scared because they didn't know where the blood was coming from, what they were going to do about it. They didn't know if it was an active lead. And so they transferred me to downtown. Right, because here you are. How old were you when this happened, Whitney? 34 years old. 34 years old. That's another reason why I didn't think, you know, something serious like a stroke could be happening to me. 34 years old, healthy, full of life. Yeah, you know, I'm too young. I'm too healthy. Whatever. If you don't even put it on the differential, like they always teach us in PA school, if you don't even think about it, you miss it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I didn't even consider it. And that's what it was. So you end up in the second hospital, right? Yeah, I was in the second hospital and it was just a really traumatic night. They didn't let Eric ride in the ambulance with me to the hospital. And so, you know, when I left, I kind of gave him a look like, is this goodbye? Like, you know, is this it? He had to make the ride 40 minutes, 35 minutes by himself, wondering if I was going to be alive when he got to the hospital. And it was just really full of emotion, I guess. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, I did get to the hospital and that's where they did the MRI and found out it was a cavernous malformation in my brain, which is like a little growth of venous anomaly. It's like a growth, like a raspberry size lesion. Um, It was on my brainstem. And because the vessels are abnormal, they are likely to leak. And especially if they're on the brainstem, they're even higher risk of leaking. So they leaked and they accumulated a ton of blood around the area, requiring me to undergo emergent brain surgery because I I was decompensating, you know, every hour I was doing worse and worse. And luckily I had the most amazing neurosurgeon. I went into this whole thing positive not positive like false positive but positive as in I didn't read any consent form I did not know want to know like what could happen to me all the things they were they were telling me I didn't want to know I really focused any attention that I could still put together on that this wasn't gonna be the end you know, this isn't how it's supposed to end. Mm. My husband was telling me, squeezing my hand. I couldn't talk at that point at all. I had terrible facial droop before surgery. I couldn't talk at all for a few days. So you now at this point realize what's happening. Yeah. I mean, the whole you were conscious, but I wasn't appropriately like now I'd be like, oh my God, you know, this is so scary. Like anybody on the outside was way more traumatized than me. I was this like calm, in shock, in this other state. I don't even know how to really explain it, but I could hear everything. 
that was happening and make sense of it. Just sh- not show the appropriate reaction, I guess. <laughs> Which is yeah. probably best, right? Yeah. So anyway, he was squeezing my hand. He's, he was telling me this isn't how it's going to end. And that's how I went into the surgery, really believing that. Because I was getting scared. I, I had a whole day before the emergent surgery because it wasn't like a emergent, like within that hour. It was urgent within the next day. But I had some time to think. And I was so afraid of saying goodbye to my daughter, you know, and just leaving this planet and saying goodbye to my family and my husband. I was so scared. Sure. Sure. Um, As anyone would be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had that time to think. So that was, but and I didn't allow myself really to dive deep into that. You know, I allowed myself to feel that sadness and grief. And then I decided like, this isn't the end. (gasps) That's Mm -hmm. how I went into the surgery. And I came out, Nicole, without being on a ventilator, without having a feeding tube, the nurses in the ICU were literally jumping up and down at my bedside. They'd never seen a brainstem surgery patient come out looking as good as I did. Wow. Um, You know, it was incredible. And I spent a few months in the hospital because at that point I was paralyzed on my entire right side. My facial droop got significantly better with the surgery, but not the paralysis. So, God, it's just so crazy to even, it's surreal to talk about it, really, because it wasn't that long ago. January of 2019 seems like yesterday in a way. (laughs) Right, right. Especially with all this crazy time that we're living in now, right? Exactly. (laughs) So I went to Brooks Rehab here in Jacksonville, and then I went up to Atlanta to rehab. And that was hard. Those were dark, dark times. I missed my daughter the most. You know, she was 18 months at the time. It just, it was a crummy time. There's no way to really silver line it. There's nothing that, you know. Well, I rem- and I remember you telling me that those, <laughs> we need to take charge and change the rehab facilities, right? That you said it's right. just dark. I, and Brooks has ground walls. And, well, actually, I mean, Brooks is amazing, so I don't. Really I know. No offense, no offense to Brooks, but, but like, <laughs> let's paint the walls. <laughs> you think that, like, they would have a totally different look, but they're therapists and they're this whole way of treating people that need their help is just wonderful. So I definitely don't want to paint that picture, but. But we definitely want to paint their walls, you know, right? My window was broken. The walls <laughs> were brown. The average age was 75. Like for me to, to be, you know, begin to rebuild myself, like it was a hard place at first. So. Sure. Yeah. So you moved to Atlanta. Why did you move to a facility in Atlanta? Well, I went to Shepherd Center in Atlanta, and their average age is 35, and they specialize in brain rehab and spinal cord injuries, and also, I think, MS also. But they were a much more specific rehab for me because Brooks rehabs everybody, heart patients, elderly, accidents, you know, it's a very broad category. Mm-hmm. First, um, Shepherd in Atlanta was neurological, basically. Well, and spinal cord, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I How just. How long were you there? 
ready to be home yet. Um, I couldn't move at all. And I was so worried my daughter was going to knock me over and I was going to break my hip or something or, you know, I don't know anything that an almost two year old would do. So I went up there for a few weeks altogether was like two months. I think I was there for three weeks, two weeks in the hospital, a few weeks at Brooks rehab here, and then a few weeks up in Atlanta total. And I started to move Nicole. I, I celebrated all the tiny, tiny victories. No, it's so important, right? To celebrate the tiny wins. So important. And I could wiggle my toes and I started to be able to wiggle my fingers. And then I realized like, okay, I can work with this, you know, because before being completely paralyzed, I didn't know if I was going to be like that forever. And just have to adapt. Like imagine that. that. Like for me, I'm sitting here imagining, oh, I can wiggle my toes. This is fantastic. You know, we, we take these things. Totally for granted. I took, I am the first to say I took so much for granted that I no longer take for granted, you know, it's just been a, a huge learning experience for me on so many levels. Yeah, learning yeah. how to wiggle your toes. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and then you know, I learned how to walk, and I relearned the whole the use of my whole right side. And you know, I came home, and I couldn't drive for ten months. You know, and you I had a two-year-old. Change Stella's diaper. I couldn't put her in her crib at night. I couldn't put her in a high chair, or car seat, or make her lunch. I couldn't use a knife for cutting. I mean, there's, I could go on and on and, you know, it was really hard for six months, really hard for six months, I would say. And I read this quote and you had somebody in one of your podcasts. Oh my gosh. I don't know who it is, but I read this quote that said, you know, be bitter or be better. And then Gina Ritchie, my friend Gina. Yeah. 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 And you know, I just decided, like, I'm going to be better. You know, I decided with intention that I was going to be better. And that definition of better has changed over the course of my recovery because it started out, okay, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be that. There are only 10% of people who have a stroke make a full recovery. Wow. I'm going to be that 10%. I'm going to be that old me. I'm going to work in the ER again. I'm going to have my physical ability back. Like, you know, I'm going to do this. And I went to rehab five days a week in two different places. And, you know, I went to acupuncture and Pilates Uh. therapy. And, you know, I was like determined. I would, you know, walk, try to walk down to the beach because I live a couple blocks from the beach and, Of course, I couldn't even make it down my street, let alone to the beach at the time. But I was just determined. And I Mm. realized, you know. That's so powerful, though, Whitney. That's so powerful. I mean, you made, you got the right mindset. You said, I am going to get through this. And I am. And you did it. I think that that in and of itself is really important because I am such a believer. Like, I love that your podcast is called Believe It, Achieve It, because I think like, you know, impossible is just an opinion. Somebody said that one day and everybody decided to believe it. Yeah. 
And we believe what we, we feed our brain. We believe it. Yeah. I tell people big time now, I, I always like grab my phone on my lives and I get real close in it like I'm shaking people. And I'm like, there's nothing you can't do. Yeah. And I think the biggest you know lesson for me, well, there's a lot of big lessons for me, but one of them is that becoming better is not becoming the old you. Becoming better is not getting all my physical abilities back and being able to do exactly the same things that I did before. Becoming better is like, like I read this thing one time, like, you know, don't think outside of the box, get rid of the box, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Like becoming better just opens up an opportunity to define that like any way you want. And for me, getting better really is about who I am. Like it's befriending myself and accepting myself and then allowing myself, you know, to dream of whatever I want and then go get it, believe it or achieve it. (laughs) Right. No, and it's not a limiting definition of like, oh, I'm going to become better and I'm going to be the old. But you really believed, you really believed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to walk. I am going to. I did. I did with intention. Like everybody (sighs) says time heals. And I'm like, that is such, that's so wrong, you know, because time does heal, but it doesn't heal all the way. You know, you have to choose, Hey, listen, I am going to become better. And you focus on that every single day of your life in every single way, in an emotional way, in a physical way, what you eat, how you talk, how you talk to yourself. You know, there were times. So important, yes. So judgmental of myself. And I'm thinking, would you ever talk to your daughter this way? Would you talk to your mother this way? Would you talk to your best friend this way? No way. So I, I, you know, learned to talk to myself kindly. and Because our mind does believe what we feed it. And yeah, when we're, you know, constantly saying, oh, I'm ugly or oh, I'm fat or oh, I'm not, you know, this or that, we believe it. Right. And we We limit our potential because we believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like this whole thing forced me to slow down. And by slowing down, I can enjoy the simple things in life that are the most beautiful. You know, you can make the ordinary extraordinary if you want to (laughs) well when I saw you recently when we went and sat on the beach and it was beautiful and you had some flowers with you on the bike and you were like I I smell the flowers now yes right Right? stop and smell the roses (laughs) yes but yeah the whole yeah you know, I do it every every morning when I go out on my walk with Duke. I never take my phone. That's my big rule. And people are like, what if there's an emergency? What? If, oh, it's fine. You know, yeah. somebody, you know, like it's okay. And I just connect with him. I connect with earth. I connect with the universe. I connect. I just, and and I'm present and I pay attention to the birds and the sun and the trees and everything. And I never, we just go, you get in that you know, that mindset and you get into living life and you just go, 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 go. And you know, what kind of life is that? I think that is so beautiful because I really see now and I'm, I don't think I saw this before, but I do see now how distracted we are 
as a culture. We yes. wake up and grab our phones and immediately distract. We go everywhere with our phones. We're obsessed with our phones and we become addicted to our phones. You know, it activates the same center of the brain that cocaine activates. So, you know, it's addicting. Yeah. It's hard to change. So to be in nature and connect with your dog and be present and be aware of life is like such yeah. a beautiful thing. Because I never did that before. I would go take him on a walk, have my phone, be on the phone, you know, yeah. not being present at all. Yeah. And just to be present, you know, first thing in the morning and to set your intentions. And it's definitely made a huge change in my life. Living in the moment, being present and appreciating every single thing. Like you said, wiggling your fingers. Yeah. I literally look at life through such a new lens right now. I am grateful for this experience. Like as difficult and challenging as it still is, it changed my perspective of life. And I am so grateful that I did not become, if I'm lucky enough to live till I'm 80, (laughs) but I'm lucky that I didn't, you know, grasp that concept at, when my life is over just about, you know, getting it now and being able to spend any amount of time that I have on this planet, thankful for the day. I'm a big fan of gratitude. And I'll say one reason (laughs) why I started doing a gratitude. It changes. I mean, that's, you know, my three strategies to living your best life is one is having gratitude practice. So many people say, Oh, I'm grateful. No, but do you practice gratitude? Truly. I am practice. It's a game changer. It is. I mean, I couldn't write when I got out of the hospital. I couldn't even hold a pen. And I was determined like to write my name again. I was like, I'm going to do this, you know? And it started out, a therapist said, well, why don't you, you know, do a gratitude journal? And I said, are you kidding me? I can't even write. That's the silliest thing I've ever thought of, you know? And I'm grateful for a lot of things. Yeah. Like I you know, like it was foreign to me. But at that time, I was grateful to be alive. And that was about it. I was mad that this happened to me. I was angry at the world. I lost my job. I lost my physical ability. I couldn't hold my child. I couldn't chase her. I couldn't do so many things that a young mom gets to enjoy. And I was just angry. And so I started writing in this gratitude journal, like, you know, this therapist. It's so simple. It's so simple. My therapist told me to start a gratitude journal. Yeah. And I thought, you know, a few words at a time is all I could write, but I would just write words and I would write things that were meaningful to me. And I started journaling every day, every single day. And it wasn't always in the morning because when you have a child, you know, you just have to put Mm -hmm. things in wherever. But it was consistent. And that's the key to build a new habit. On average, it takes 66 days. So you can't try something for two weeks and say, ah, not for me. You know, try it. No, I say all the time that everything we want is on the other side of consistency. Everything. I mean, when a behavior becomes automatic and you don't even think about it, then you've formed a new habit, you know? And so I wrote every day for like a year. Oh, Words became sentences and sentences became paragraphs. And I still, I mean, I can't write that much even today, but my handwriting returned and I'm just, my whole perception of life has changed because every single day I I have to think about what I'm grateful for. And, you know, at first you're just listing things, but then when you really get into it, 
I like feel how it makes me feel. Yes. And then your mind shifts to yes. gratitude instead of shifting to anger. I mean, exactly. gratitude is the antidote for fear, anger, all of it. You can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So when you practice, I know you practice it now that you probably don't even find yourself going into anger as much as you no. would. I mean, I practice it every day. I wake up with my head still on the pillow and I take a very purposeful, intentional breath. And on smile. days that I don't have a lot of time, you know, this is what I do. But I connect with my breath, so it maybe takes 16 seconds or something. Like, I really spend a lot of time connecting with it. And then I think of a few things that I'm grateful for, and I feel what it makes me feel like. And then I set my intention for the day, and not yes. what I'm going to do. It's not, okay, Dad, this is what I want to get done. But yeah, not a planner. Yeah, not your day scheduler. <laughs> How do I want to be? So... Do I want to be more soft today? Do I want to be more kind today? Do I want to hug somebody today? Do I want to notice something new about somebody today? Or, you know, those kind of things. And then I start my day and it's great. And We get to choose the life we're going to live yes. and how we're going to live it. Yeah. And I choose to live mine full of grace, gratitude, and love. I do. <laughs> yeah, so do I, Nicole. And you have taught me that. <laughs> I think I joined, believe it or achieve it, back in February or March, you know, not. I started it. Yeah, I started in February just to kind of, you know, kind of keep people, you know, on track, achieving goals. And it now is something I'm so passionate about. And I know you, you, you don't want, I do a live. Okay, you guys. So I, I do get live on my Facebook group, believe it, achieve it. And, you know, I just want to be real. I want to be who I am. I want to fire and add value to people's lives. That's what I want to do. And I truly like feel like I love everybody in there. And I love it too. I love hearing everyone's stories. Yeah. You know, just, I just love you. I love seeing your face on there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am beyond grateful and blessed that we reconnected you know, I always, as a, you know, you were the cool one. You were always the cool one. Can I be as cool as Whitney? But I thank you so much for sharing this incredible story, you know, and I hope that it inspires others. You know, I just was on a live seven day comeback challenge with Tony Robbins, which I talked about in my, and he had a guest, Siri Lindley. She is, you know who she is? She was a triathlete. Uh, I believe she was in the Olympics. Anyhow, like just an incredible athlete. And she was diagnosed with cancer last year. And she said, I'm Siri freaking Lindley. I am not going to be a statistic. I will get through this and I will rise. And she is cancer free. Cancer free. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, you make. Her mom is so powerful. And I really believe. We haven't even unleashed its potential, you know? No, no. And I can't wait to grow with you. I really can't. I know we've talked about, hopefully we can go and to some events or some seminars in the future, right? When our world gets kind of back to normal. Yeah, definitely. And definitely I look to growing our friendship and growing in life together with you. I certainly do. So thank you so much for your story and inspiring. I want to end with something really important to me too. Just everybody listening should be aware of the acronym be fast. And I think I messed it up when I tried to do a live, um, (laughs) but it's the acronym um, be fast and it's how to spot a stroke quickly 
And so many people are not aware of it. And if Eric hadn't have been aware of it, we might have had a very different outcome. And, and so, so what is B fast? B is balance. E is eye movement. F is face, like look for a facial droop. A is arms, if you have drift of the arms. S is speech. And T is time. So for most strokes that are ischemic, 80% of strokes are ischemic and and 20% are like what I had. I had a hemorrhagic stroke, but ischemic strokes are super time dependent. So if you recognize, be fast, like, wow, this person really might be having a stroke and get into the hospital, they can do interventions and you have no deficits sometimes. They they can, you know, act right away. So that's why it's important. Yeah, because you just were interviewed. Where did you, you were interviewed? The I saw American Heart Association. I have a YouTube video if you want to hear more. Yeah, so tell us, how do we find this? Um, I don't know. Just maybe put my name into YouTube. I don't know. Stroke Survivor, American Heart Association did the video. So it's Whitney? So maybe my name and the Whitney Spots, American Heart Association stroke survivor or something like that. And I can put, I will put the information in our show notes so they can find you because I definitely see more of Whitney in the future. I definitely see you changing lives. I definitely do. And I know you want to. Well, I just want to share. And that is why I love what you do so much. I just want to share. I feel like helping other people is a big part of happiness. And that's exactly what you do. You help other people so it fuels my soul it really does you know to always we always have to be constantly learning and growing and if we're not if you're not learning and growing you know I've been told by my mentor you're dying and it's true you know uh, get busy living or get busy dying I yes <laughs> and to give back and to serve others is Yeah. Yes. 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 I love you so much, Whitney. And and thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so honored to have you on here and to share your story. So thank you. Thank you, Nicole. All right. So thank you for listening. And as always, make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I hope you enjoyed the episode and please feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, please send me an email at coachnicolewindley at gmail.com and have an awesome day.